Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast where we fight depression with the power of music. I'm River Professional Handicap Host, James Cox. And I have such a great, great guest. Um, we met through a, a mutual friend of mine, but let me tell you about her first, and then we'll have her on. So it's Hannah Khan. Did I say it right? You did. Yes. Nailed it. Great, because last time I called you <laughs> Hannah, which I, I, I do apologize for that. So. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so, so when Hannah was uh, five, uh, she knew she wanted to be uh, to sing and be on stages forever. Uh, the dining room table was her stage at the time, but the performance picture in Hannah's head was much more fabulous than she said. Uh, yeah, she said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time Hannah was eight, uh, she found herself auditioning for theater. Uh, when Hannah made her debut in the Assemble of Fiddler on Roof, uh, learned the baton for Hello Dolly. Uh, she, she said she wished she remembered how to do those tricks <laughs> and, and made her way to the, to the lead role of Rosie in Bye Bye Birdie by 13. Uh, by the time of high school, uh, Hannah earned a Tammy, T-A-M-Y, nomination for performance in Rent and trained extensively in opera to perform as Car- Car- Carlotta and Phantom of the Opera. These days, you can find her performing live around the country, uh, releasing Powerhouse's pop songs like, like Limitless and Thrivers. You can also hear her, uh, you can find her uh, rising up with her new England and Boston Music Award Pop Artist of the Year nominations. I tell you that was back, back in the day, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you can find her music in films like Becky, and this is my brave documentary, uh, which I will link at the bottom because that's a fantastic uh, speech that you gave to them. Hey, Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank I you al- for having me. I almost called you Hannah again. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, no so, worries. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I, I met you through a mutual friend, Allison. Uh, yes. For anybody listening, she has a podcast on on everywhere called Allison in Wonderland. And we met through, and I'm so glad to that you're here today because I met you like two days ago doing a pre-screening, and I fell in love with you then. So thank you for thank you once again for coming on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, what is your favorite genre? Because I know um, you're uh, you are a pop singer. Is that correct? Or, or that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get this question all the time and I wish I had a better answer. I don't listen to a ton of music. I have this one playlist and it's called awesome. And it just has any song I've ever heard that I think is awesome. So it's a compilation of a ton of different genres. Um, I think I mentioned to you the first time that we spoke musical theater, I think is what I have to go with as my right. answer because yeah. it's just so ingrained in me and 
I'll lump Disney songs into that category. Disney is also just any of the classic animated musical films are all great. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, the reason why I, I asked you that is because uh, me and my friend were talking about this the other day, me and my co-host Blake, and we were um, doing one, what we were talking about one artist, and he fits them over for like 23 some genres. And I don't find subgenres to be very good, you know, because cause one star can be, one one band can be, like, listed as five genres. And I, I don't like that. Um, um, what do you think about, like, like sub, 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 subgenres? Do you think they need to go away, or do you think they need to... Uh... I'm neutral. I think it depends. Sometimes I'll see bands that come up with a subgenre that I've never heard before, and it doesn't necessarily... I think if you have a subgenre... It should be to help explain your sound, help people hear it when they think of your band. And if you just have a subgenre that you've made up for yourself that nobody's ever heard of, mm -hmm. it's I don't know that it's necessarily helpful. That being said, when people ask me what my music is like, I call it Broadway pop, which is mm. a label that I haven't necessarily heard before. So I think subgenres have a place. I think you're right that if you're molding yourself into 20 different genres, it's too hard to figure out who you actually are as an artist, as right. a listener. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think, well, yeah, you're right. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, you're right on all, all, all accounts. So, um, and our last, okay. So you and I, you and I have a very fond, um, likeness for musicals. Uh, we talked to in, in extensively last time we talked. Uh, did you check out uh, Repo Man, the, 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 the genetic opera? No, yeah. I didn't. Oh, okay. I haven't yet. Yeah. I haven't yet. It is on my list now, Good. my movies list. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so what would be your favorite uh, musical of all time? Wicked. Wh Wicked for sure. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it play? Yes. It was my first Broadway show that I ever saw. Right. So I think that's a big part of why it has a very special place for me. It is on my bucket list to play Alphaba, the lead, um, at some on Broadway at some point in my life. I heard that there's a certain height that she has to have that apparently I am shorter than. I refuse to accept that this is true. Have not fact checked it. Heard it on TikTok. I don't know if it's true for sure, but T I really hope it's not because I'm five is feet a... tall and I really want to play Alphaba. <laughs> yeah. <my> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, TikTok is a very, it's a very, uh, I think, I think toxic place. Uh, so I don't think that's true. I agree true. with you. I don't think that's true. I agree true. with you. I find TikTok very, very, very uh, well, it's good for getting your name out there, but it's also uh, very false advertisement sometimes. I'm not really sure if that's true or not. So don't, Please don't take that with it. Take that with a grain of salt, you know? Um. I agree very much. I feel very conflicted about TikTok pretty much all the time because as someone who creates content, I think it works really well for building community and building a following. As a consumer, I have to delete it all the time because I'll find myself scrolling through it for hours and it, it hurts. It hurts my brain. It's so much information. Like you said, a lot of it can be misinformation. Even if it's not misinformation, there are just only so many times that you can swipe and swipe and swipe for hours right. until right. it becomes unhealthy for exactly. your brain. So I go back and forth on it all the time. 
Well, you you have a profession in a in a, a marketing, right? I mean, like yes, like yeah. okay, okay. So, uh, so which for for anybody out there that that that, that wants to get notice, um, which platform do you think is the best, and which one is the worst for getting your name your name your name out there? Because I know you, um, I guess you tried all of them, right? Yeah, it really depends on your niche. One thing to think about is who you're marketing to, where are they? If you're marketing to a teenage audience, TikTok is probably the best place for you. If you are marketing to video game gamers, people on Twitch who stream, Twitter is a really great platform to Twitter. communicate there. So it really depends on the platform, but I would say focus on one, maybe two at a time. Think about where your market is and then focus on one or two. Don't try to put yourself over all of the platforms. You'll get burnt out and not everyone that you're looking for will be on all of those platforms. I guess that's that's our main mistake because I'm focusing on three when I should be focused on two. So that's very helpful. Thank you for that. Are you growing the three at the same time, or do you feel that there are platforms that you're comfortable with already? I am growing my Facebook and my Instagram, TikTok. I'm not because I, 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 uh, I heard you have to you have to at least post like three or four times a day on TikTok to get to get noticed. I'm that like, is not I'm like, true. Oh. That's not true. <laughs> I, know, I hear people say that maybe to go viral. I have no idea, maybe, but I. Yeah. About two months ago, I decided to commit to posting every day to every other day, just once. Yeah. And on, I have a mental health channel and a music channel. Yes. And on my mental health channel, I've my following has grown by 150 people. Nice. And on my music channel, my following has grown by just under 100 people. So if you're trying to go viral really quickly, probably not the best method. But right. I think that that's a great rate to be growing and I do yeah. not post three to four times a day. I don't so. even have that kind of time right, to, right. to do anything like that, you know, cause I work, come home, focus on this, like, like for like all, all the time I'm focused on, on this podcast, but I don't really have time to, you know, I, I do focus, I, I do uh, focus on Facebook at least once or twice every other day. Um, so I guess I, that, that's good. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you, okay, so, um, I wanted to ask you, can you still do tricks with the baton? I cannot still do tricks with the baton. Oh. Maybe someday, maybe yeah. someday. Alas, not currently. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's like getting, you know, cause it's, uh, cause you hear the, the saying, hey, it's just like riding a bicycle. Once you do it, you'll never forget, right? Yeah. Do you, yep, do you yep. find that, do you find that to be, do you? Would you find that to be true with the baton if you picked that up and started, you know? I don't know. I think there are probably one or two tricks that I remember in theory how to do. Would I be able to do them if I picked up a baton? I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see when you when you pick that back up and uh. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, um, in in my introduction, we learned that you were a part of Fiddler on a Roof. Hello, Dolly, and Phantom of the Opera, as in Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, which, uh, okay, so you wanted to be a, 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 a in musicals since the age of five, correct? Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so when, out of those, those, those four that I listed, which ones were you most wanting to get? 
as opposed to you know i mean it was was one like like you like you're oh my god i'm here you know (laughs) (laughs) i the first several that i was in i was in a few between the ages of eight and 13 um i think i was young enough at that point that I was just really excited to be in the chorus of a show and and wasn't really thinking about it as something that I was actively aspiring to. Um, Bye Bye Birdie for me was definitely the first show that was very, very meaningful. It was my first time getting a lead and the lead in the show. Um, so that was really, really huge for me. And that was a defining point of, okay, from this point on, this is very clearly my trajectory and my passion. Phantom was the best show that I've been in, I think, because I was older. I was 17 at that point. And I, it was the first amateur licensed production of Phantom, um, and I had the incredible privilege of of working with a Broadway choreographer and director. So it it was a really great segue into Broadway, which I never ended up actually really pursuing. But at the time, I had thought that I would. And the opportunity to train in opera and to be in a show like that, I, I think, impacts me to this day. So did you okay? So um, five. You you knew you wanted to be on stage at Trevor. Uh, before the age of five, did you want to be something else? Because I know, because I know I wanted to be like a ton of things. You know, I'm like when I grow up, I'm gonna be this, this, and this. Um, at the age of two to four, uh, like like, did you have any aspirations to be something else? And then you found music and that took took over. I did. I did. I. Th- I imagine, I'm not totally sure now, I imagine that Bye Bye Birdie when I was 13 was the point where everything shifted toward music for me. I loved and wanted to be in music forever, but I also was a gymnast ages 3 to 12, so there was a point where I wanted to do that professionally. And I remember being in the first grade and really wanting to play basketball and realizing that I would never be tall enough to do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the hoop is what, like 10 feet off the air, right? Or something. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, something so, very yeah, tall. So, <laughs> extremely tall, yeah. But uh, but uh, Mug, Mugsy Bowes, he was like five foot to one and he played in the professional league. So, I mean, you you know. It's you, possible. Oh, yeah. That is one of my mantras now is that everything is possible. Yes. At the time, I limited myself by not believing that I could do it. That's okay because music ended up working out for me very well, but who knows? Could have been a basketball star. We'll never know. So I, I okay, so I really want to know about this because um you work with some some people and I want and I want to find out who um okay, so uh I really liked the uh, fire uh from Puppy Life and you and you were featured that song is literally, figuratively, fire. Not literally, because you can't, you know, boom. You like what I did there? No, I'm just playing. Yes. (laughs) But um, who and how did you meet Puppet Life? Um, Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. We haven't, we lost touch after that. Oh, okay. Um, That was several years ago now. So I don't know what he's up to these days, but his his name is David Shockett and he adopted Puppet Life as we started to work together. 
We met each other through the Boston music scene. I grew up in Boston and I would say ages 20 to 25 ish were when I started really figuring myself out as a songwriter and performer and the Boston music community. I will love and appreciate forever because it was such a formative experience and everyone was so wonderful and accepting. So he was just someone that I met at an open mic one time and got in touch with. And he did this incredible production work and I did this lyrical work and it just created fire. Yes. Well, that's a as these new kids are terminology is that's a banger or a bop. I don't know any of these like, like, cause, uh, all these kids are making up new, new terms. And I yeah, guess banger I haven't and bop. heard banger or bop. Well, my my co-host is like thirty something, so he he's in, he's all in. I'm forty three. I'm old. Okay, okay. So I don't know any of this new sling, new new lingo. But uh, yeah, banger and bop is like the new term for like awesome or cool. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer awesome or like cool. You know, my 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 language back in the day. You know, so yeah, that's that's uh, awesome. So, um, as of right now, you have six singles. Um, so, the song that, that I really love listening to is Limitless. Thank you. Okay. I find that so relaxing to listen to. And it's an uplifting song, and I think that it should be featured in, like, like a movie, because it sounds uh, so um, uplifting. It could be, like, the backing track of a, of, a, of a protagonist going to, to better her life or something, you know? Have, Thank you. Thank have, you. Have you ever thought about, like, uh, submitting your songs to, like, movies on, like, be part of the soundtrack? Yeah. So my song, Thrivers, I don't Thriver, know if you yeah. heard that one. Yeah. That is the one that has been the most consistently featured and licensed. Um, I don't know that I've submitted Limitless very often. There was a time when I, I thought I was going to completely dedicate myself to licensing it seems like an incredible way to make money and be a musician at the same time and I think it's something that I'll get back into it's I don't know what it has been about the past few years but in all of the things that I let go of or that kind of fell apart during COVID that was one that just ended up completely on the back burner so that is one of my second half of 2023 goals is to really dive back into that because i agree with you i think i think my songs are very licensable yeah. and would do very well in tv and film so oh, de definitely, definitely, definitely. want to be there yeah and I, I i wonder if that i wonder who you would have to submit it to i guess i don't know i don't know anything about the you know the movie business obviously but uh yeah so, but it I depends the the major motion picture um that thrivers has been in that was through an agency. So somebody was a contact on behalf of the film looking for music and I, I submit it through them. So I think that's probably the case for a lot of a lot of TV and film that they'll either have a separate agency that finds people on behalf of the film um, or there are what are called music supervisors who's the one person or the team that is actually part of the film that you see on the credits that finds the music. So it's it's a matter of figuring out how to contact them. That's the big the big hurdle. Nice. 
So going off the uh, Limitless name, um, and, and it's on Limitless, uh, you have two websites. Uh, one is um, hotanacon.com, correct? Yes. And the other one is wearegoldenstars.com. Yes. Yes. So I Okay, so uh, on your wearegoldenstars.com, you have a program called Limitless Life. Can you tell our listeners about that? And how to can be yes. a part of it. Yeah, because I really want to, because this is awesome. Yeah, so I, I, I just want to get the floor to you. And, yeah. So I, a very brief summary of the, the background that led to all of this. I have quite a history with mental health and with trauma. And um, I grew up with a lot of suicidal ideation and PTSD. I was in and out of the hospital. And I really did not think that I would make it. And it wasn't until I was 25, I ended up hospitalized and it was coming out of that hospitalization that I finally was in the space to turn my life around. Um, I created a life that I never thought was possible. I went so far beyond just working through suicidal ideation, working through PTSD, working with a trauma specialist and therapist. I had thought that if I ever did work through those things, that I would just get through life and that would be it. Life would be tolerable, uh, whatever. I'll probably be depressed. (laughs) And in working through all of that, I found that life is limitless. I went from this space of having all of these diagnoses and difficult times for over a decade to asking myself the question, if I could be, do, or have anything in the world, what would that look like? Right. And when I started to really answer that question and take away the judgment, take away the idea that I can't do any of this, I started doing all of these things. I went on a national 65-day tour by myself. It was my first tour ever. I got my song licensed, Thrivers, in a major motion picture. I got my dream apartment. There's this whole list of external things that I can go through that are all incredible and worthwhile. And ultimately, I found a level of healing that I didn't know was possible. So I ended up creating the Limitless Life course because I started breaking down my process. People would ask me, how did you do this? You had a bipolar diagnosis. You were suicidal. How did you get to this space? And I went through the steps in my head and I thought, okay, I have to share this in a way that's accessible to people. So that is what my We Are Golden Stars brand is. All of my social media under We Are Golden Stars, that's all mental health, motivation. And then if you're ready to take it to the next level, it's this mini course. It's 10, basically three minute videos that are these tiny doses of little things that you can do to get you toward what your limitless life looks like and to navigate and change the belief systems that you have now to become the version of you that has everything you want and has healed in the way that you have wanted to or maybe not even believed you could heal. Yeah, because, okay, so I I watched your uh, um, Discipline My Brave um, talk on your on your on your YouTube page, and I want to commend you and thank you for talking about some dark stuff, because not a lot of people talk about suicide and and point A to B, point 
point A to point B. And in the in your in your um speech, it said that you thought that being successful would turn to bad stuff. Um, could you dive a little deep, deeper in in that? Because I think that's where a lot of a lot of people get the most um get confused about. And I just I, and I just wanted to uh point out that, that that that's not if you if you become successful, uh. Don't think it. Don't think it. It's like a bad thing, you know. And I guess that's what we were trying to relay on your uh, on your um. Uh, this is my brave um speech, right? Yeah, yeah. I developed two sets of beliefs. One was that if I became successful, I would end my life, and one was if I wasn't successful, I would end my life, and that led me into such a spiral with mental health because either way, no matter what, I was headed toward ending my life. And the reason for that was when I was 16, I made this declaration, I want to be a successful, known throughout the world musician. Since I know I'm going to end my life, I've got to give myself a deadline by which I'm going to be that successful. And I chose 25 as the age and each year that I would get closer to 25 and I wasn't famous yet, I wasn't known around the world, I wasn't sharing my music everywhere, I would say, oh my gosh, I've failed. No. I, I'm i never going to be successful. Um, and then when I would get closer and closer to success throughout those years, I would make sure that success didn't happen because my brain said, Oh, but as soon as I reach success, that's when I end my life. That's the deadline that I gave myself. I correlated the two. So no matter what, I just kept falling down. And that hospitalization that happened when I was just under 25 was because I hit rock bottom, realizing that I hadn't hit this mark, this one goal that I'd given to myself by 25, I'm going to have X, Y, Z. And realizing at 24 and 11 months that I wasn't going to have that, I ended up in the hospital. I was in this really beautiful position to start figuring out what I wanted from life at that point because I hadn't pictured what life would look like beyond 25. So once I turned 25, suddenly it was almost a blank slate, a blank slate that came with all of my PTSD and mental health issues and a blank <laughs> yeah. slate where I could really think about what I wanted to do with my life. I think success leading to trauma and leading to depression is something that we don't talk about enough because it's normal whether you have whether you struggle with mental health or not. It's so normal and happens to everyone to feel afraid of success. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be scared, to feel scared. It's not a bad thing to have parts of you come up around success and failure. It's just understanding at the end of the day that those are just parts of you, that you can choose to move toward the things that you want to move toward. And you get to see what happens from there. I can't say that I can guarantee you won't feel depressed or that it will work out with certainty can't guarantee either of those things. And the going for it is going to move you through the fear. You can hold that fear next to you 
and continue to to make strides. Yeah. So why was the age of 25 so, uh, like, why did you pick 25 when you could have picked like 43 or 56? As a musician, I think this is getting, society is getting better and better about this because of platforms like TikTok and Instagram, where we see people of any age, we see musicians of any age. Before that, it was, you were told that as a musician, you needed to make it during your youth. You would see celebrities who suddenly would become irrelevant once they got to 30. I remember reading a book about Katy Perry and it said that she decided if she hadn't made it by 25, she was going to not end her life, but give up on that, right. go get married or something, you know, what, whatever <laughs> her kids or whatever. version of that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And so I, I think that that probably had a really big part to play in my choosing 25 as an age. Like after that, the world was over. I was no longer young and would never be a famous musician. Right, right. So when you were performing uh, um, with, you know, Phantom of the Opera and Bye Bye Birdie and all these fabulous, um, very awesome uh, musicals, um, I guess you were like, okay, you know, why am I, you know, I find that big to be majorly successful in, in, in my eyes, you know, becoming a, a lead role in, in those, uh, like, like, um, uh, Hand of the Opera, you know, your lead there, and we worked at Fiddler on the Roof, and, and all these, did, did you find it, did you, was that not the, the, the success that you were looking for, like, or like? I was so attached at the time to needing to be successful on a grand worldwide scale that anything anything that small, I, I saw it as small. Okay. I definitely was excited and I was doing really cool things, but at, at the time, it's like everything that I did that wasn't clearly leading me toward fame, it was just this evidence that that level of success wasn't going to happen, even if it was, like you said, actually a very successful yeah. and wonderful thing to do. Because. 99.9 people would would agree with I mean like cause, I, I mean because when you're when you're entertaining a lot of people like because musical bring in a whole lot of people and I don't think people realize how much that that that, that people um are seeing you I find that to be very successful but I do know that the brain will play mind tricks on you you know depression is a real thing and just because you're just because it, it feels like successful to somebody else might not be successful in your eyes or or, or, or what your brain is telling you, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so we do have two, two or three more. Okay. So I know that you have six singles out right now. Are you planning to release a full album or are you just going with the singles, right? Because I find more and more stars, you know, because you're a star in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> uh, are are going uh, the singles right now because it it's it's too of much of a longevity to to release an album, you know. So I find more and I... more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I. Um, go. I am 
definitely going to release an album. Okay, great. Um, I the songs Thrivers and Limitless were originally from an album that I was going to release in summer of 2020. And I hadn't finished working on it. Those were the two songs that I had finished and released as singles. And for one reason or another, the past few years, I I haven't been able to get back to that album. But it is very, very much my intention to release it. And I'm sure I'll release a couple singles along the way because, as you said, singles, they're important. Singles they really is, are. Singles is worth that now because a lot of a lot of bands are releasing singles and I find that to be more um, special, I guess. Because when you're a fan, you're like, okay, well, I don't want to wait a whole another year for a new album. You know, bring on more singles. And I guess, you know, a lot of bands are doing that now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, which is great. Which is great. Um, okay. So I do have one last question for you and then we'll let you go. Uh, this might be the hardest question I've asked you today i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be hard but uh uh so well, i got two questions I, I, well okay so uh this podcast is called when words fail music speaks right and that can't be anything further from the truth is there a is there like an artist a band or a album that you can that you can listen to like day after day and night after night and but you can't tell me or your boyfriend or your friend, how it makes you feel deep inside your soul. It's so ingrained in your, in your body. Wow. That is, that's a very good question. Um, it definitely, it definitely depends on my mood and what I'm looking to feel or, or the experience that I need to have. Right. Um, there's a band called sleeping at last and, I I love them anytime that I'm feeling disconnected from myself. I won't necessarily listen to a particular album, but I'll I'll often shuffle Sleeping at Last Radio on Spotify. They're they're probably my go-to artists. Nice, nice. Yeah, cuz uh I have a few, you know, I, I I and it just gets me out of the mood, you know. Cuz when I'm depressed, I'm like, "Okay, I'll listen to Eric Church or Luke Combs." Uh, and they give me a right out. I don't know what it is about it. You know, it's just music does something to everybody's soul, I guess, you know, in different ways. Yeah. So, yes. Very, very awesome. So, um, so all, all of our listeners, uh, can find Hana at, at, uh, Facebook on Hana Khan official, Instagram at, at Hana Khan official and on YouTube. I can, I will link the link at the bottom and, um, now, oh, okay. So. This is my brave. Or can anybody uh, reach out to them and say I want to like speak up for myself? Because cause I know that's, a, that's yeah. a platform where everybody can can uh, can share their story. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah, I'll say a couple of things and I'll I'll send you the links for them. I'm not super active on Facebook these days, okay. so TikTok. Um, at Hanakon official as well as the place to reach me. Anything mental health based for me, my coaching my community, my course, wearegoldenstars.com or at wearegoldenstars on all the platforms. Um, In terms of This Is My Brave, I highly encourage if you feel comfortable or ready to share a part of your story to get involved with them. They are a mental health organization that is dedicated to increasing awareness of 
mental health struggles, mental illness, and addiction. And the way that they do this is through these live performances where you'll get up on stage and you can either share your story by speaking, which is what I love to do, but it's meant for anything creative. If you have poetry, if you want to dance, if you want to sing, it's an incredible organization to be a part of. And this is my brave.org. We'll tell you everything you need to know. One more question. Who is your favorite artist right now? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. I put you on the, I put you on the, put you on the spot. You did. I'm going to give them a shout out because I love them so much. Um, my, my friends just dropped their debut album a couple of days ago. Their band is called hands of spite. They're very Nirvana. Oh my God. I, I, I'll tell everyone to go listen to them. Nirvana. Oh my God. That's, that's, (laughs) yes. Great. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to reach out to them because I I really want to talk to them too. Um, yeah, but yes. uh, I do love you. I'm so glad you're still here with us, even though um, you've uh, uh, had some bad experiences in life. And I hope that we can remain friends. And uh, and if you need me to do anything for you, whether it's promote anything for you, please let me know. And uh, like I said before, you can find her at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok is her main thing. <laughs> uh, Facebook, she's not really at, you know, active right now, but. Uh, <laughs> She'll be with you shortly, whenever she can. So everybody, uh, have a great afternoon. And always remember, and work well. Hi, guys.